We worry so much. We look forward to the future. We, our mind races with all those cares and those worries and thinking out those worst possible outcomes in life. And of course, most of them never happen. And this is a common thing. Worry is something that so many of us have to experience in our lives. According to a survey by a a company called Mercer Consultants, four out of five employees are saying their stress levels are on the rise. 82% of respondents said that they are facing increased personal stress. 59% are worried about their ability to maintain a healthy lifestyle while holding down a job. More than half of them are recognising that their stress is causing, having a, a negative impact on their work and on their health, uh, reducing their levels of motivation and performance. But they're also worrying about the future. 50% of them said they were concerned about how are they going to pay their bills or provide for their family if they're hit by illness or by death. Worry and stress is just part of our lives. And it isn't just adults who worry. A couple of weeks ago, RTE reported on a study by researchers at NUI Galway into the worrying of children and young adolescents. They found that 10-year-old children worry the most. 10-year-old. And many mums saying that there's the most difficult uh, age at which to control those worries. However, they found that 13 was the key age at which worries most impact the daily function of these kids. 13 years old. And they concluded that girls are more affected by worry than boys. Which I think many of us are not, were not surprised about. Boys just go out and play soccer or video games and forget about everything what girls think about these things. Worrying is something that so many of us struggle with. It's part of our everyday lives. But in his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus called his followers to be different. To be drastically different when it comes to worrying. And we're going to read this wonderful, chap- this wonderful passage in, in Matthew chapter 6, from verse 25 down to the end of the chapter. And we're going to think about how we should put in that into practice. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? 
For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has trouble, has enough trouble of its own. I think many of us try and make excuses for worrying in our lives. We say that we can't help it. Or it's just the way we were made. It can't be controlled or that everybody does it. Or we look around and say that fear and anxiety is the only reasonable response to living in this dangerous and uncertain world. But Jesus said here, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you wear. And this isn't just a suggestion or an idea for us to consider. Neither is it a a pie in the sky ideal that only a few of us could ever even hope to meet. This is a command from Jesus. And so if we have trusted in Jesus, if we follow him and have committed our life to him, then whatever our personality type, whatever our circumstances, we need to accept this command from Jesus. And we need to seek to put it into practice in our lives. Whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through. So what does this mean? What does it mean not to worry about our lives, what we eat or drink or wear? And also, why should we not worry? Why is something, why is worry something that we as followers of Jesus should be different from others? Well, Jesus didn't say this because these things are completely unimportant. After all, Jesus had already taught his followers to pray, give us today our daily bread. So our food is an important thing. The things that Jesus is talking about here are not extravagant luxuries just. Instead, some of them are they're essentials for life. Without food or, or drink or clothes, we wouldn't survive very long. It would be quite embarrassing as well. So it's not wrong for us to care about these things. It's not wrong for us to recognize our need of these essentials. And actually, we should care about these things. We should, for example, care about providing them for our families. Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5 and 8, if, Tim, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for his immediate family, he is denied the faith. And is worse than an unbeliever. So providing, looking after the people that God has entrusted into our care, is an important responsibility. And actual fact that should, our concern should go beyond that because we should be concerned about those in our world today who are suffering under the, the burden of poverty and who are in desperate need. 
John says, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? So in teaching us not to worry, Jesus is not commanding us to be kind of apathetic. To have a lack of care for ourselves or for others. Neither is it a command to laziness. As if we should just sit back and wait for God to provide. As followers of Jesus, we should be actively involved in doing what we can to provide for ourselves and for others. This is what Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica in his second letter, chapter 3. He says, we hear that some of, among you are idle. They're not busy, they're busybodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread they eat. Working, providing, is an important part of following Jesus. Paul even demonstrated this by often working to support his own ministry through his tent making trade, rather than just depend on other people to provide for him. And neither is this a command to short sightedness. This doesn't mean that we should never think ahead. As if we should only live in the present. Only live for today. And never plan for tomorrow or for the future. That kind of thinking is incompatible with the Christian life because often Jesus has called us to be willing to lose out for today in the light of the future. Because as Christians we should live with our eyes firmly fixed on the future. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And he goes on to say, For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. As we saw last week in our, in our time together, the only way to live with the right priority, the right freedom, the right joy, is to be heavenly minded. To live today in the light of eternity. So this is not a command to apathy, a lack of care. Neither is it a command to laziness, a lack of effort. Nor is it a command to short-sightedness, a lack of thinking ahead. Rather, this is a command not to anxiously focus on those everyday things that we need in our lives. As Paul says in Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything. Jesus doesn't want us to be distracted by these things. He doesn't want us to be overwhelmed by thinking about them. This is a call to live free. Free from the burden of our immediate needs. So that they won't hold us back or weigh us down. So Jesus called us to stop worrying. To stop anxiously focusing on those things and fretting and, and, and being, being overwhelmed by our need of those things. 
But I think when we look at Jesus' commands, it's amazing because he doesn't just tell us to do things. He also explains to us why. To help us to understand the importance or the need and also the, the reality of this command. And this is the case in this passage. Jesus gives us reasons why we should stop worrying. I think they can break them into two different categories. First of all, we shouldn't worry because it's incompatible with common sense. Worrying is foolish. Verse 25, is not life more important than food? And the body more important than clothes? When we worry about things like food and drink and clothing, we behave as if they are the most important things in our life. We focus on them as if this is what life is all about. But life isn't defined by the food that we eat. Or the drinks that we consume. Or the clothes that we wear. Or the car we drive. Or the house we live in. Or the mobile that we communicate with. Or the size of the TV that we watch. Or the exam results that we've achieved. Or the the pension that we've accumulated. Or even by the number of inches on our waist. Or wrinkles on our face. There's so much more to life than any of those things. And so these kind of things are not worthy of our focus. They're not important enough to worry about. They're not significant enough for us to be fixated on. We have more important things to focus on. Jesus also said that worrying is foolish because it's pointless. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Another possible translation of that verse is saying, who of you by worrying can add a single cubit to his height? Same issue, same kind of idea is behind both. Worry is unproductive. It can't make us stand taller. And it can't make us live longer. In fact, the stress of anxiety and worry will probably do the opposite, won't it? It'll have a detrimental effect on our lives. It will weigh us down and it will wear us out. But it won't actually achieve anything. Thinking about what we need to do, working out a budget, planning to move forward in our lives, all of those things are worthwhile and useful. So sometimes we do need to sit down and plan things. But worrying about those things, letting those thoughts and fears go round and round in our minds is ineffective and it's useless. But worrying is also foolish because it's often focused on the future. We worry today about what we think will happen tomorrow or next week or next year. But Jesus said, as we thought about in our little video clip, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own don't try and carry the burdens of tomorrow today we can only live one day at a time so just focus on what we need to do today rather than being weighed down by what might might happen tomorrow and anyway of course it might never happen does anybody know what's going to happen tomorrow it might rain again (laughs) it might rain well It usually does. 
But James says, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. And that's the reality of it, isn't it? We don't know. We may have plans, we may have thoughts about what we're going to have to do. But we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know if we might feel different about things tomorrow. We don't know if our circumstances are going to change. We don't know if the unexpected might occur. How many times are we worried about things, focused on things, fretted about things, and then they never happened? And you can't go back and fix that. You can only fix it today. Don't worry about tomorrow. So as Jesus said here, worrying is foolish. Life is far too important to worry about these things. Worry is pointless. It's unproductive. It doesn't do anybody any good. And one day is enough to focus on our time. But there's a much greater reason in this passage why we shouldn't worry. Worrying is not just incompatible with common sense. It's incompatible with our Christian faith. Jesus challenged those who worry, O you of little faith. Now this doesn't mean that if we worry, we're not a Christian. It only takes a little faith to put our faith and trust in Jesus and to experience his salvation. Aren't we glad about that? That it's not about how much faith we have. It's about who our faith is in. And neither did Jesus say this to condemn us. So that we just feel guilty and just throw in the towel and say, well, I'm an absolute failure, I'm a bad Christian. That kind of idea. Rather, Jesus said this to challenge us and encourage us. So that we can understand that as children of God, we can overcome worry and anxiety through faith in our Heavenly Father. That is the ultimate antidote to worry. It is our faith in our loving God. This is first of all because we are valuable to God. Jesus called us to do here a bit of of bird watching. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Some people estimate there are between 100 and 400 billion birds in the, in the world. I don't know how they count them. I would like that job. And God provides food for each one of them. But Jesus said, are you not much more valuable than they? When I was young, many years ago, one of the songs that we sang in Sunday school was based on this passage. And I'm not going to sing it to you. I'll just read it, read it out to you. If you heard me, you wouldn't be saying it all. It says this. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why those anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, Friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. Now, it wasn't the best going song. There weren't any actions for that song. It's quite a serious song. But it really did stick in my mind. Although it's not quite strictly accurate. Jesus didn't say that the birds have a heavenly father. He said that we have. 
And so his argument is that if God as creator will look after the birds, then how much more will God as our father look after us, his children? How much more valuable are we than these little birds who that God does care about? Like yesterday I was out for a little run in the morning and there was this little blue tip lying by the side of the road. And it obviously hit by a car. Give me the heebie-jeebies. Hey, when I see these things, it really kind of upsets me. And I was thinking about how much, well, God saw that little bird. God cared for that little bird. He valued it. Nobody else could, could care less, maybe. But he valued it. But how much more valuable are we? Because we are his kids. We are his children. We are precious in his sight. Now that doesn't mean that we should just sit and wait for God to provide for our food. The birds don't do that, do they? See, the birds are always looking for food. They're searching, they're, they're going out, they're, they're, they're getting the food. But it's ultimately that God provides for them. But it means that we don't need to worry about these things. Because we can trust that if we're valuable to God... And he will provide for our needs. Then Jesus also told, told us to look at the flowers in the field. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in his splendor was dressed like one of these. God's amazing care and concern is shown in the, the astounding beauty and the intricate detail of these tiny little fragile flowers. These these flowers only last for a short time. They're here today and tomorrow they're thrown into the fire. But as God's children, we are His eternal sons and daughters. We are going to be with God forever. So how much more will He clothe you? If God cares about the fields that last only for such a short time, how much more will He care for us? are going to be with him forever. And so worrying about these things might be what those who haven't trusted in Jesus do. The pagans run after all these things. That just means those who are unbelievers, those who have not put their faith and trust in Jesus and come into God's family. They don't have that relationship with God and so they can't depend on God as their father. And so they carry the responsibility to provide all of these things on their own shoulders. They have to roll their sleeves up and get on and get these things for themselves. And so they carry those worries and those anxieties. It's only natural for people to worry about these things. But if we've put our faith in Jesus, then your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. God knows all about us. He's aware of what we as his children need. He understands our weaknesses and our requirements. And so so because we are valued by him and cared for by him, then we can trust that God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God will meet all your needs. Of course, this doesn't mean that God will always give us what we want. 
Jesus didn't promise that we would be financially blessed or even that we'll never have any struggle or never face hardship. In fact, Jesus promised that each day has enough trouble of its own. And many of us know that, don't we? We know the trouble and the hardship and the difficulty of life. But still, even in those hardships, even in those difficult days, we don't need to worry. Because our faith focus is on something higher, something greater, something far more important. Instead of worrying about these everyday necessities of life, we should seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. This means our focus, our heart's desire, our greatest ambition is that we and everyone else around us would increasingly live under the rule and reign of Christ as Lord. And that we will allow His Holy Spirit to change our hearts, to renew our minds, to transform our lives so that we will live more and more like Christ. And it's this attitude that allows us to live that blessed life that Jesus described in his Beatitudes. Remember this verse? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And it's this attitude that takes away our obsession over, our anxiety with the everyday things of life. Things that are temporary and insecure. Things that ultimately will be unimportant. And it sets our hearts and minds on things above. On things that will last for all eternity. And in what ultimately really matters. And when we focus on these things, these eternal realities... And what God is doing in our lives and what God wants to do in our lives. Then then we can be sure that God will ultimately give us what we need. When we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, Jesus promises, and all these things will be given to you as well. Because no matter what we go through, we will know that we're valuable to God. We will be sure that he cares for us. We'll be absolutely certain that he knows about our every need. And that he is in control. And that he is working to fulfill his good, pleasing and perfect will in our lives. Even if we cannot see it. When we seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, then we will know that in all things, The good, the bad, the terrible, the awful, the success stories, and the times of suffering. In all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. And who have been called according to His purpose. And so this command, not to worry, is intricately connected to what we were looking at last week about what our treasure is. Because if we insist in storing up treasures on earth, focusing on what we eat, or what we wear, or what we live in, and what we drive, or what we spend, worry will always be part of our lives. Because in this world, there is uncertainty, there is insecurity, and there is trouble. 
But if we are truly following Jesus, and if we put our focus on storing up treasures in heaven, on living for God's purpose, on seeking His kingdom and His righteousness, then we can live free. Because we can leave all those everyday needs in our Father's hands. And we can live free from worry because we can trust in our Heavenly Father. So this is our choice. Which one do you want to live? Do you want to live a life for here and now? Weighed down by the worries and the fears and anxieties of those who do not know God as their Father? Or do we want to live for things that will last for eternity and that can never be taken from us? And live in the freedom and the joy of a child held in his father's hands.